Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 76 of the Crochet Circle podcast. Welcome, Crochet Clan. I hope you are all well. I hope life is treating you nicely and you're all having a fabby time crafting or otherwise. Um, how's it me? <laughs> I say this every single month. I don't understand how we're in the fifth month of 2022. Like, I don't really have the words for it. I don't, I don't understand. It was just Christmas. And then it was just Easter, and now it's just me, and I cannot, like, really understand how quickly the linear passage of time is going by. It's pretty good, though, because, like, life is busy and full-on, so it's not like I'm... I'd rather get to the point and say, how is it me, than feel like life is dragging and I'm not doing enough with it. I'm definitely doing enough with life, and I suspect that most of you are, too. So I've got all sorts of goodies for you today. I haven't managed to have a load of personal time because uh, a personal time for crafting because of commissions and I've been here, there and everywhere um, doing bits and pieces. But I've got quite a few bits to show you and um, things to talk about. I went to Wonderful Wales um, last weekend it might have been last weekend it might have been the weekend before like, literally time has just vanished I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is um, it was one of the last weekends of April anyway and Wonderful Wales is over in Mid Wales and it's at the Royal Showground so it's I think it's probably the largest yarn show we have it's bigger than Yarndale not by much, but it is bigger and it's more spread out and it's easily my favourite yarn show of the year. It's the one, if if I could only go to one UK-based yarn show, I would go to Wonderwall Wales. It's about two and a half hours from where I am, straight west. I'm in Cheshire in England and um, we, did, we day-tripped it. We did it in one day there and back and that was fine. It was a long day, but it was worth it. We were... In the queue waiting to buy tickets, I think about 25 minutes before um, before the doors opened. And was giddy with excitement at the idea of being back at Wonderful Wales. And it just, um, nothing quite beats being up close to yarn and seeing other people's projects and seeing what people are wearing and what colours people are choosing. And I just, I've really missed that, at, um, not just at Wonderful but at yarn shows in general and lots of my friends were vending there and I'm now not really vending at yarn shows but I am I've got a couple of other bits um, to tell you about later in quick news beats where I will be doing some pop-up shows um so part of me was really a little bit jealous because my friends were messaging me as they were setting up their stands and a little bit of me was like I miss that camaraderie of being in the same space as other people and the excitement that you have before you get to a show to do setup and how lovely it is to spend extra time with your friends because you're there for dinners at night afterwards and you get to see them during setup and takedown. And then I saw some of my friends on the Tuesday afterwards in a Zoom chat and they were shattered. They were absolutely shattered and it had just taken them hours to take their stands home to drive back home and at that point I was thinking 
I definitely made the right decision to stop vending. Like, that was a good decision to make. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed Wonderful Wheels on two counts. One being there as a customer and getting to see all my friends anyway and squidging yarn and, like, just generally chit-chatting to folk. And I also really enjoyed it because I wasn't vending and I didn't have all the pre- and post-show preparation to do. So it was like a bit of validation that that big decision I'd made to stop going and doing yarn shows actually was the right decision to make. Right. I have a very quick old dog new tricks for you. Um... I always have bits of yarn left over and I'm not I'm, I'm not a pom-pom girl and as we recently discovered I'm not a tassels girl either and so like some yarns I keep aside because they're really useful for me doing um, swatches further down the line for other designs so if it's a yarn brand I do a lot of work with and it's one of their standard lines then I keep them back for them however that still leaves me with loads of yarn in little nuggets that sometimes I can use in projects but they're always lying about the house and I don't do loads of scrappy blankets and bits like that and I quite often send like 5 gram, 10 gram little yarn chunks out to anybody that's looking for mini skeins but that still leaves me with a lot of yarn. I get through a lot of yarn in a, in a month. Um, so what I've done is I bought myself like a small weaving loom. My friend Charlie bought one at Wonderful wheels and she's flying with it she's weaving and I, I also go to my local um weaver spinners dyers meeting and there are a lot of weavers that go to there and they are exceptional the work that they produce is absolutely beautiful and I'm very much not in that arena yet but I would like to be someday but like speak going back to what I was speaking about earlier and wanting to do all the crafts but doing the things that top you up right now I know that in my future life pipeline is owning quite a large loom <laughs> and weaving all the things. But before I get good enough to have a large loom, I want to play about on a little loom. And the one that Charlie got at Wonder Roll Wheels was really good. And then I went hunting, because you know, I love secondhand. I love something a little bit vintage. I went hunting and found a Spears Games um, weaving loom. They do these in all sorts of sizes. The one that I have is a size 2. And it's got a decent enough size that I can actually have a little play around and do a bit of weaving. This literally arrived the two days ago, three days ago, something like that. And it already had a bit of weaving on it and some really like horrible yarn on it that I don't really like touching. But it's good for practising, I'm not going to waste it. And I was absolutely surprised to find that this loom is made out of beechwood. It's got a little bit of plastic for the bat, but it's proper beautiful wood that they've used for it. It's got a really solid structure to it. came with the um, instructions and two shuttles for weaving with. And I've really enjoyed just having a little go. And... What, one of the reasons for getting it is I quite like to use some of my scraps to make um, things like coasters for outside or for in our living room to make a really long table runner for our outside sitting table 
to make um, little um, mats that our plant pots can sit on so they don't affect the wood that they're on or anything else that they're sat on because you can get like um, a moisture build up underneath a plant pot and it can ruin wood. So I wanted to get a small enough loom that it would make those things and also a loom that was good enough that I would want to work with it and that I could use up all of my yarn scraps. And I got this for less than a tenner on eBay. The, the particular one that I've got is by Spears and they come in, I think, five sizes. I've got the two and I currently have my eye on a size four um, on eBay. It's on at £3.59 at the moment. That would be great if I could get that for £3.59. And it's a much bigger like tabletop loom. Again, because it's very affordable, it allows me to have the piece of equipment and work out whether it's something that I'm going to be serious about maybe in about 5, 10, 15 years' time. But it's good enough for the things that I want to do in the household right now. Like, eventually I would like to be weaving my own bath mats and doing all sorts of bits and pieces like I have plans <laughs> I know that I want to be doing some really serious bits of weaving so um yeah if you're in the marketplace for a little loom I definitely recommend going having a look and these aren't just particular to the UK I have seen these advertised in America as well but they're actually made they were actually made in Lancashire they were made between the 1950s and the 80s and the one that I got is probably late 70s. I know it's beyond 1973 because it has a barcode on it and that's when we started using barcodes in um, the UK. So mine is most likely a late 70s, early 80s loom. But for like less than a tenner, I've got a really good solid loom that is going to help me to use up all of my scraps and have really nice functional pieces in our house. I'm like slowly but surely um, doing more and more handmade items for the house. You can definitely, I'm kind of gazing around the room as I can see it now, you can definitely see my, <laughs> my little sticky fingerprints on lots of the items that we've got in the house, whether that's ceramic stuff that I've done um, in pottery or plant pots that I have crocheted up or you know even the the cat's um, food mat is handmade the dining chair covers are handmade and it just brings another element to the house and I love it so I'm going to be adding weaving into my pile of things that I can do but in particular that concept of using every last scrap of yarn really speaks to me and that like it's a second hand weaving loom. I haven't gone out and bought a brand new one. I went and found one that's like probably nearly 45. It's probably as old as I am, let's face it. This is probably a 45 year old loom and that just fills me with joy. Love it, absolutely love it. So I, um, I'll pop the name of the loom in to the show notes as, a, as a, just a quick information point. If you're looking for a loom and you do not want to spend a lot of money, because some of them, like if you're going for a Cromskill or an Ashford, you can wave goodbye to a number of hundreds of pounds. So this is a really good option for working out whether you want um, to take up weaving or not. 
A lot of the ones that are on the marketplace now are made out of plywood and they've been laser cut and I just wanted something that was a little more substantial and like I say I love buying vintage bits and pieces um, I don't I don't usually want to buy brand new I'd, I'd kind of always if I can err on the side of um, second hand first so Spears looms go and have a go it's so much fun and there are so many different patterns you can do and like the idea of building with lots of different types of yarn oh, I'm quite excited <laughs> what, what have I got for you what can I show you I finished my Frida shawl. I went with the dark grey in the end. I put both the dark grey and the sage green up side by side and I just figured that the geometric shapes are going to look better bordered with the dark grey. And you basically, it's a slip stitch border. I um, voted to trap all of my little fringe ends in which is what I've done so you slip stitch the border you put it back on itself you trap the the um, unwoven ends in and then you you're meant to crochet it down within the pattern but I didn't that um because of the way that I crochet that technique didn't land very well with me so instead I simply whip stitched the final row of the border back down to the um, back part of the initial slip stitch that was on the back of it. Um, I didn't do that on the top edge of the shawl, I just did it for the two edges that um, are trapping down the, the yarn tails and you can't see the yarn tails at all. And I love it, I mean this is a, I can barely put this on because it is so warm, but it is a massive big shawl. <laughs> this is going to keep me so snugly um, next winter. Oh, look, I'm currently wearing a rust-coloured um, crochet top, which is the Cloud Crop Top by Evolve Crochet. And it's in, uh, I think it's Cinnamon or Rust Brown by Woolunits. It's their British wool. <gasps> But look at that sage and rust. This might be a new colour combination that I need to do something with. So the shawl is really lovely and snuggly. It's quite a large shawl. It's probably about my wingspan, which is about 1.8 metres. And I only did seven of the repeats. I didn't feel the need to go up to the eighth. This is the Frida shawl by Jeanette at Air Crochet. And I love this. And I know that quite a few of you have made it too and have finished. It feels like we, a few of us finished it at um, the same time. And there have been some lovely versions of the shawl that have been made in our very informal crochet along. But the, oh, those geometric um, triangular shapes, like said it before I will say it again this is a design that I am utterly jealous that my brain did not think of I absolutely love it it's simple and it's lovely but it looks way more complicated than it is and that is really hard to design for it's really difficult um not the fault of Jeanette at all because I was being a lazy little arse and I couldn't be bothered to go through to the other room and get a bigger hook size to do my slip stitch border. So I have done an aggressive block on this so that the border isn't um, puckering up the main body of the shawl. So if you have also been doing your Frida shawl 
and you're going to do what I've done, and which is add the border and then sew it over or crochet it over. Don't be lazy like me, go and get a bigger size hook. I think um, all of this was done on a 5mm hook and I would have done well to have gone and get a, used a 6mm hook on my border. So, lesson learned, but I just, I blocked it and it worked and it's fine. There's an ever so slight bit of puckering, but it's not going to affect the shawl. And if I feel like it does later down the line... I will take the border off and I will redo it. Like, it's not beyond me to just try and fix something. But, oh, that shawl is beautiful. So jealous. I'm so jealous. And that makes me happy that we've got crochet designers that are doing this type of crochet. Like, it's just gorgeous. So, charcoal, grey, sage um, green in a geometric triangular print is obviously right up my street. I love this. I mean, it's fairly chilly today, but it's still warm for this. So I, I don't think I'm going to get a load of use out of this until we hit into um, next autumn, really. But it will um, it will get put away into my winter wardrobe and it will come and be ready to play with next, um, next season. But what a design. Love it. So that got finished. And then, do you remember me saying... Last month, when Matthew and I were up the mountain, he said that he wanted a hat, like mine, a little very lightweight hat. He's off up doing a really serious climb, mountain climb, um, in two weeks' time, just under two weeks' time. So I've been kind of deadline getting stuff ready for him. So he has... I can't show you them because he's literally already um, packed his kit to be able to test it out and make sure the weight is right. Um, so they've gone um, but I made him a lightweight knitted hat with cashmere possum alpaca I think it was um, with floof the um, Lana Grossa alpaca floof I added that in so he's got an amazing lightweight hat I also did him a heavier weight version using the Lang alpaca socks that I bought in Austria and again with the alpaca floof and oh that was beautiful as well so he now has that as a nighttime sleeping hat to keep his head warm when he's in his horrid little one-man tent up a mountain in the driving rain. He will be kept warm. Um, and I also, and I love this, do you remember how excited I was when he said, well, I might need a hat? And I was like, yes, finally, he's asking me to make him things. Um, we were in... Uh, we've got a big shop, a kind of outdoor shop here called Go Outdoors. It's amazing if you do any outdoor stuff. It's really good. But we were looking for some more um, luggage for trips away. And while we were in the shop, he was saying, oh, um, oh, I need to get some mittens for my hands. Because although he uses mittens when he's climbing and walking, um his hands still get cold even though he's got the warmth and he couldn't find any glove insert liners that were mittens which is what he wants there's no point in having individual gloves if he's already suffering with bad circulation so he wanted some inner mittens that would be lovely and warm and he couldn't find them I was like oh well I suppose I could maybe knit you some I could do it like your hat and he was like oh, would you would you be able to do that I was like, yeah, leave it with me. Like two days later, the man had 
um, <laughs> cashmere and um, alpaca floof mittens that fit perfectly inside his outdoor proper big job mittens. So he's basically he's been taking up a load of my crafting time, but Matthew is very craft worthy and I feel like we're about 10 years from him finally asking for a jumper. So, you know, I'm happy to react positively to anything that he needs me to make him. And he's now a bit like our household. He's now got all sorts of handmade things that he's taken up mountains with him. I've sewn him a pouch to put his walking boots in, in a lightweight technical material, so that if it's raining, um, it's waterproof and he can put his boots inside, keep bugs and beasties out of it, um, but keep his actual walking boots nice and dry um, if there's an issue with the tent and rain gets in. So he's got all sorts that he takes up a mountain with him, but still not a handmade jumper. It's coming though, like I say, in about 10 years' time, he'll finally ask me for a jumper that he wants because he'll have worked out that wool is the best thing he could have. We'll get there with him. So the other thing that I have worked on and finished is a shawl and it is not the one that I'm showing up but I'm showing you this one because this is a version that I made a few years back but I wanted to show you what it's based on. So a few years back for the John Arban annual I did a shawl called Drusilla and it works in lots of weights. It goes from a heavy lace weight up to a DK and you can do it as a triangle shawl or you can do it as a corner to corner and you can do it all in one colour, you can add a contrast border, you can do all sorts of stuff with it. And I got the rights back for this pattern years ago and did nothing with it. And then um, John Arban Textiles are bringing out a new heavy lace weight. Uh, you might remember a blanket that I did for them called the Bushel Blanket which was in their new Appledore yarn and it is... It's just so beautiful, this yarn. It has a tweediness of in the colours and like a depth which is just gorgeous and makes stuff look more textured than it probably actually is. And so when they got in touch and asked whether there was anything I wanted to make in the Appledore, I knew that um, Drusilla was one of the next patterns that I had to remake to get out to self-publish. So I have made... A corner to corner, one colour Drusilla um, shawl using their new lace weight yarn, um, the Appledore heavy lace weight. And that, so both the, the yarn, the new yarn is available on the 20th of May and I'm going to timeline my pattern to drop on the same day. So if you have always been eyeing up the annual and the Drusilla pattern but you didn't want to buy the annual because there was only one crochet pattern in it, that Drusilla pattern is coming out on the 20th of May. And the one that I'm holding up is um, done in their Knit by Numbers DK. And basically the way that the pattern works is that um, the border is 10% of the main body of the shawl. So that way you can work up, if you're going to do it in one colour, you can use up your 90% and then you know that what you've got left over is enough for the border. Or let's say you've got 200 grams of something in your stash, 
you could use up all of those 200 grams and then use just up to about um, it won't be more than but about 20 grams for a contrast border so it's a really easy pattern to use when you're trying to stash boss to use little bits and pieces but you might have 200 grams that won't do for a jumper's quantity but you want some form of shawl and the idea that you can use it as a triangular shawl orders a corner to corner and it is just so nice and warm and weightable um, and it's just a really simple v-stitch and when you do it in the lace way it just really opens up the texture because you're doing it on quite a large um, hook size and more and more I'm being drawn to, I know me lace weight usually, but I'm being drawn to using a heavy lace weight with a large hook size to get that really open, airy, drapey texture that you can get with it. I mean, I don't mind lace weight as long as I'm not using a 2mm hook, but like using a 3 or a 4 or a 5mm hook with a lace, heavy lace weight yarn can just produce such beautiful results with crochet. So there might be more of that in my, uh, in my future. Let's move on to Enroutes. I have something that has been in the naughty corner <laughs> as of last night. Um, like I say, life has just been quite busy and whilst I thought I would have these finished, I just don't. These are my shepherdess socks. The pattern is by um, Clarissa Beth from... Um, oh, I got it wrong last time, I think. Clarissa Beth's Instagram handle is my crochet cakes um, and these are her shepherdess socks from mood at one this is the second time i've made this bit and i want to get them right i don't want a pair of socks that i um can't wear or that aren't just right so the first one that i did was too tight and i moved up to a 5.5 mil hook to do the slip stitches i mean slip stitch is a very tight stitch yeah i moved up to a 5.5 mil hook so I think I went from a 4.5 up to a 5.5 and I tried it on again last night and it's still just a little bit too tight and whilst I think it might stretch out a little bit with use I still think it's just going to be a little bit too tight and um, like it probably might seem ridiculous to you that are listening and watching that I've got I've basically almost got like a the best part of the mitten um, size for my foot um, and it's only at this point that I know that it's too tight and the reason for that is I have extremely pointy feet so until I get a sock that I'm working um, to up until I get like most of the part of the sole of the sock down I don't know whether it's going to be too tight or not because honestly my big toe is like massively long and my feet are really pointed so I have to get quite far down a sock before I know whether it's going to be too tight on the widest part of my foot or not so I have to try and get it over the ball of my foot so my thinking is that this is going to be too tight and it will be a struggle to get it over my heel and over the arch of my foot so I'm going to pull it back again go back down to the double crochet rounds where the toe begins and I'm going to move up to a six millimeter hook because it doesn't need a lot more space, it just needs a little bit more space. 
Um, and I have like no issues around frogging stuff and going again because I know that when I've worked out my number of stitches and the best hook size for this sock, I can just make it time and time and time again. So it's worth putting the effort in now to get a sock that fits and to get um, a sock that I can replicate further down the line with different yarns. So Shepherdess Sock point three <laughs> is going to be worked on over the coming months. Um, and Shepherdess Sock point one will get frogged and I will frog this one back and then restart from the toe up. So it's coming, but I would rather something is right. I'm like, I could pretend and, and do stuff for the podcast and make out like it's all fine and dandy, but what would be the point in that? You like, I would rather show you what the craft, the actual crafting journey is, which is sometimes I have to frog a lot of stuff to make it right, um, and that's what I'm gonna have to do with the shepherdess socks. They are. Um, in a yarn colour which is called compost and it's the Tweedy yarn from um, Eden Cottage Yarns and it is absolutely delightful to work with. I was really enjoying working on it last night and so I will enjoy it when I have to crochet it all up again but I will get there. Um, but yeah these are going to be properly snuggly socks when I get them right but I'm going to take the time, make the effort and get them right. So they are out of the naughty corner and they will be properly frogged over this weekend and worked on again. Um, I'm also midway through, I've done one sock for Matthew and it's a knitted sock and the reason I want to show it to you is because it is in the Lang um, alpaca yarn that I showed last time round. It was one that I brought back from Austria. This yarn is 390 grams per, sorry, 390 meters per 150 grams. So a ball is 150 grams and it is 30% alpaca, at, sorry, 70% alpaca, 30% nylon and it's like a sport weight yarn and oh my word, it is one of the nicest sock yarns I have worked with for a long time. It's properly thick and squidgy and it is as warm as anything. So if you're looking for like a commercial, affordable yarn that is soft as anything, but that will give you a really lovely dense fabric that still has flexibility to it, I really am loving this Lang Alpaca Socks yarn. I think it's lovely. I've provided the link in the show notes for you. It comes in, I think about 12 different colors. I will find this again and I will buy this again because um, I've said it so many times but the kind of standard merino nylon that you can get from Indie Dyers does not keep my feet warm. Um, if you go to something like the merino cashmere nylon that's got more chance of keeping your feet warm because cashmere will do that. But if you suffer from cold feet like we do then something with alpaca and that will create a denser yarn is really going to work for you and like I'm kind of jealous that these are socks for Matthew. I got him to try one on and I was like oh you can try my sock on. He said do you mean my sock? And I was like well no because these are so nice I think I might have to keep them and he was like mm, but you made them for me. 
So he will get these and I will buy some more of this at some point in the future when I happen across it, probably when I'm abroad. But Lang Alpaca Sock Yarn, beautiful to work with. And I see no reason, it's got quite a high twist, I see no reason why you wouldn't crochet with this either. Other than it's a sport weight, so if you're going to make socks with it, you might just want to go up a hook size, do fewer stitches than the pattern um, would suggest for your size, so that you get a fabric that still has some flexibility to it, rather than just being like very inflexible and um, dense. But really lovely sock yarn if you're in the market for something a bit different, very soft, but very wearable, looks like it. I'll be able to report back because these will be going up a Scottish mountain in two weeks' time. So I'll let you know what uh, Matthew thinks of them because he'll always tell me if his socks are good or not. And he always goes up a mountain and sends me photos uh, while he's away of... He takes his, bless him, he takes his boots off and sends me landscape photos of him <laughs> with his feet on a rock with his knitted socks on. He's a good lad, he really is. So the final thing that I wanted to show you in En Route is like my future project. And I'm, I said last month I wanted to make this jumper. It's um, it's by Inez Rogers and it's in Murit 2. And it's called, I think it's called the ATL. And um, it's been done in a rich brown colour, which I love, but I don't have any of in my stash. And it's just a really nice, um, simple stitch pattern, which is what my brain kind of needs at the moment. Um, and so this is my next, this is my next make. I, like unsurprisingly, might change up little elements of it. The um, the sleeves are three quarter, which I I don't have an issue with at all. But they're quite bell sleeved, and then they pull in, which. I don't mind, you can see I've done it a little bit on my cloud crop top, but that's um, with a very long ribbed cuff that I've done that with. But the ATL sleeve is even more belled, which isn't a look that I particularly go for, so I might have to do some funky decreasing to just pull the sleeve in a little bit. I also find that because of my bust size, um, sometimes garments can have... Uh, well, because of my bust size and the fact that I hate having loads of material right under my um, underarms because I just overheat so quickly, then quite often the sleeve shaping can be really baggy on a sleeve that I am um, working up. And whilst I don't mind it being baggy directly under my underarms and throughout my bingo wings, I'm not a fan of a really poofy sleeve coming down towards like my forearms. So I might do some funky decreasing to pull that in, but that's the next jumper I'm going to be working in. And I took to my stash last night and I found some um, Worth Mill Yarns Saddleworth. This is actually from Woolly Knits as well. I've got 500 grams of this, which should be enough. The pattern calls for a DK weight of about 250 metres per 100 grams. The Worth Mill is down as being a DK weight, but it's actually, I would say, more of an Aran. It's about 202 metres per 100 grams, 202, 204, something like that. So I might have to do a bit of fiddling with my gauge swatch to be able to get gauge with it. 
but that's fine. I'm, I will swatch up and make sure that I can do the pattern justice. Um, it's 100% British wool and the colour is, I think the best way I can um, describe it is, it's called, the shade is called Harvest, but this is going to be grey and I'm sorry. You know when you step in a cow pat and um, it has been like a dry, crusty cow pat and then you step in it and there's like a kind of yellowy, slurry colour underneath when you step in it. That is the colour of this wool. It's basically like a slurry, mustardy, greeny, brown colour. Is that selling it to you? Or are you like, ooh, Faye, that sounds delightful. I really want that colour of yarn. It's cow poo coloured. But it really is. And I love this colour. I also quite like the smell of cow poo. So, you know, I don't have issues with that. But this is a really beautiful colour. It's very earthy and it's a colour that I can wear well. So I am looking forward to getting that jumper on my hook. Might start that this weekend as well. I've got a serious bout of the startitis. Um, and I, mm, I can at least swatch for it, can't I? I can try and get my shepherdess socks done and I can swatch for um, for my ETL jumper. My cow poo, lovely coloured ETL jumper. So that is en route in the making, which I will be starting this week because I don't currently have a crochet design on the blocks at the moment so I've got a knitwear one on the blocks. So, um, yeah, that's that's it for en route. Let me show you some of the things that have come into the household. <laughs> Obviously I was at Wonderful Wales um, and I picked up a few little bits and pieces there. Um, one of the things I found this is a pair of wooden bag handles. There's a lady called Eliza Conway who always vends at Wonderful Wales and Unravel and Yarndale and she picks up bric-a-brac and different bits and pieces and I have had so much stuff over the years from Eliza that I um, I just usually she's the first stand that I go to because when it's gone it's gone and it's usually vintage pieces that you can get from her and so when I found these little bag handles I was like oh you need to be bought so at some point in the future there will be a crochet bag design for these um, bag handles as like a little clutch bag um, because they're really lovely hardwood and um, I just think if I sanded them down a little bit and beeswaxed them up they would just be glorious they've got holes on them so I could actually put bag handle um bag straps onto them as well but the reality is I really like the idea of it as um like quite a long bag with the a fold over for the handles to give it a bit of weight I don't know but I just they were four pounds fifty and um they kind of just had to come home with me. So future design coming because I found bag handles at Wonderful Wheels. I love vintage. I absolutely love vintage and I can't say no to it. Um, I also found at Wonderful Wheels a new to me vendor 
with the most amazing sock yarn. Like I just, I fell in love with it. It's three 50 gram skeins and the blend is 90% um, mohair and the lady that was vending actually had her Angora goats on the stand as well. So I got to see her gorgeous Angora goats, which, you know, they were beautiful. It was a mummy and a little kid. Really sweet. I'll try and put a photo up for you. Um, and she is called Jenny Knoll Yarns. She's based just in South Shropshire. And she has alpacas and she has um, her angoras. And this is 90% mohair and 10% greyface Dartmoor sheep. So the yarn is just like lustrous and shiny and it's going to be hard wearing and amazing and it's the three skeins are one is in a moss green color slightly dirty moss green one is in the um what looks like a natural uh color of the fibers which is a warm um peachy brown gray color and the other one is a variegated skein of the moss gray um green the natural colour, a slightly steely grey colour and quite a bright bluey teal. So you can do stripes of the socks between these three colours and you buy them as one pack and there's enough with 150 grams to do two pairs of socks. But I was really drawn to a different type of sock yarn to use. Um, I have got some other mohair sock yarn to use upstairs as well and I... I'm excited to get these cast on and try them out because like Dartmoor is a lovely sheep breed and mohair should be really lovely and hard wearing so excited to try them out. So that was um I think that was the first yarn that I bought at Wonderwell and it was just a slippery slope. I went in there saying, I don't need any yarn. I'm not buying any yarn. And then, <laughs> I just was like, it opened the floodgates. Um, but for good reason. There are a couple of plant-based yarn dyers. I really love their stuff. Um, I love their work. First one is Helen from Nelly and Eve. I did a shawl design a few years back. Um called the Igum Wrap. It was an inside crochet and that used Helen's yarn for that. And she lives in the Welsh mountains and she goes out and she scours the land for all of the elements that she uses for her natural dyeing. And her natural dyeing is lovely and she also has some interesting yarn bases. Um, the one that I'm holding up at the moment is 70% Shetland and 30% blue texel. The colourway is bracken and it's 415 metres for 100 grams. So it's a lightish four ply. And the colour just spoke to me. I just, I loved it and it had to come home with me. Um, but also Helen wouldn't let me pay for this. She just, she um, passed it to me and I was very willing to pay with it, for it. And she was very naughty. Helen is just lovely. She's just... A really lovely human being and it was one of those where I was walking up towards her stand and I just heard Fee! and it was like automatic B 
big hugs and I haven't seen Helen for probably three years and it was just it was really nice to have a proper catch up with her. So this is a design in the making and it is either going to be a design in its own right or I'm going to pair it with two of the other um, plant based um, yarns, plant dyed yarns I got at Wonderful Wales. So um, that would be paired up then. So that's Helen's from Nellie and Eve and she gets magical colours from the plants that she uses. I don't quite know how she does that. I think she might be a wizard. And um, the other set of plant-based stuff that I got was from um, Sinead at Gullrock Fibres. And I've been trying to see Sinead for quite some time and Wonderwool was the first show that she was doing that I could actually get to. She's based down in Devon, I think. And um, the colour that I've got is um, from, it's Rose Mallow and it's Lack and Madder are used for dyeing it. And the base is Blueface Leicester and Massam 75-25% and it's another um, four ply version yarn. So the one from Helen is a rusty brown, almost um, going into a chestnutty brown colour. And the one from Sinead at Gull Rock goes really beautifully with it. But I think it's like a, a peachy pink, um, pink, definitely on the pinker side of it. And then from Sinead I also got, she had floof and I'm such a massive floof kick at the moment. So she had some mohair silk lace weight which is 420 metres per 100 grams and that was dyed with lac brazil wood and sweet chestnut and it is um kind of coral going into rust colour and it just it works beautifully with the other two colours so i yeah i'm just i'm not sure how these are gonna i'll either sneak onto helen's website and buy more of her yarn or I will use these three together. But sometimes I think it's nicer to just use one yarn dyers or one place for wool. So if somebody wants to buy it, they don't have to buy from two separate places. I don't know. These are yet to be defined. But before I went to Wonder Wool, there was like... I told myself if I was going to buy any yarn at all, then it was going to be from these two because I, I just wanted some more plant-based um, dyed yarn in my um, stash and also in my kind of design stash pile so and I do have an idea for a shawl which involves floof and on very unlike me some frills but I think yeah we'll see that needs to um, keep on going through the noodle brain for a bit, little bit longer before the proper design idea gets spilled out but I have plans Um. The final incoming yarn is a new-to-me brand that I found because I ran out of the alpaca floof that I was using for all of Matthew's stuff. And I was trying to get stuff through quickly and in an affordable manner. And the cheapest place that I could find the um, Lana Grossa alpaca floof was actually from a company called Right Hobby. Lots of you might have heard about them. I um, will link to them in the website. 
It's not a website that I'd used before. And they aren't based in the UK. I think they might be based in the Netherlands, but don't quote me on that. But they had some really interesting yarn brands. And while I was there, I wasn't like making up amounts to get free postage because that's not free postage. Like it's added into the cost of goods. It's never free postage. I just was like, well, while I'm here, I may as well peruse your website and see what else you've got. And they had this yarn which is recycled and it's called Kremke Soul Wool, Reborn Wool Recycled. Um, and it's made with the um it's made with 100 percent post-garment recycled textiles. And I just thought that was quite interesting. It has like a tweedy effect to it. It's made in India and the one that I've got is let me just see if I can tell you what the actual yarn weight is. I don't think I can, but it is 65% wool, 25% polyacrylic, and 10% nylon. And it, yeah, it's 200 meters per 100 grams, so it's kind of an iron worsted weight yarn. And it's got a really high twist to it. And it's got a little bit of crunch. I wouldn't say it's the softest thing you've ever touched, but it's not Icelandic wool. It's got a little crunch to it, but I also suspect it will soften up quite a bit with washing. This was £4.79 for 100 grams. So if you are looking for a recycled content wool, I think it comes in quite a few colours as well. If you're looking for a recycled content wool that is highly affordable... Take a look at Kremke um, Soul Wool. I've, again, I've provided a link in the show notes. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I actually had forgotten that I ordered this as well. I was expecting the floof. And then a bigger package came in and I was like, oh dear lord, what else did I order? Because I might have had a glass of wine when I ordered. Always dangerous. Um, and this is what I had ordered with it. Pleasantly surprised by it. So, on to quick news bits. Um, I mentioned previously on the podcast that I am not vending, but I'm still going and doing a couple of bits with like, friends. Like, my friends that are having open days, basically. I'm going down because we can go out for curry and, like, I can go and have a catch-up with them and we can have sleepovers and stuff. Um, so that's what I'm up to so the first one that's coming up is the Rivernets Open Day and that is on the 21st of May it's from 10 till 4 o'clock all sorts of vendors are going to be there and sheep um, some of the wool that they have spun um, is very local and the people that own the flock are coming and they're bringing some of their sheep and I think it's the Shetlands that are coming so if you fancy having a little squidge with the Shetland sheep or, yeah, I'm sure it's the Shetlands, um, they will be there on the 21st of May, and that's in Northamptonshire. I'll be there, Katie Greenbean will be there, Garthener will be there, Travel Knitter, Lola from Third Vault Yarns will be there, uh, Rawark are going to be there, Dragon Hill Studios, there's going to be food, there's a microbrewery next door, there's all sorts, and it's £3 for a ticket online and four pounds if you are turning up on the day and it, it's just going to be a good fun day it's very small um like open day it's not like going to a big yarn show so 
if you've been wanting to go to something but you you're still at that point of overwhelm with um, the idea of going out and being in a big crowd this might be a good one for you to come and attend because it's going to be a lot smaller and it's one of those where you'll actually have time to be able to speak to all of us vendors because um, it's a much smaller show with a much smaller footfall so um, that's the River Knits open day on the 21st of May and then the next one that I'm doing is the Mill Open Weekend with John Arbin Textiles and that is over three days this time so that's um, Friday the 10th until Sunday the 12th of June um, and they're doing it's slightly different this year so previously it's all been at the Mill and this year what they're doing is they've rented the Town Hall in South Moulton you can still go on a Mill tour and they will bus you to the Mill and back um, and they have got a load of vendors doing pop-ups again. So Rachel, daughter of a shepherd, will be there. Katie Greenbean will be there. I will be there. I think Lola, Third Vault Yarns, is going to be there again. Um, just all sorts of lovely people. And there's a pop-up cafe which like, has really good cakes. Um, so there's all sorts going on. So, And that is in um, Devon. So if you fancy a little road trip to Devon... In June, there'll be a load of us there for three days and it would be lovely to see you there. And that's the kind of vending I want to do that involves curry, cake and lots of friends. <laughs> that appeals to me. Um, talking of a friend, um, I had the absolute pleasure of kicking off the InstaClan sessions last month and lovely Claudia from Crochet Luna was my first guest and I couldn't have asked for a better guest. She's just, she's good fun, she's chilled out, she was exactly the the right choice to kick off the sessions and show what they're meant to be, which is basically up to about a 60 minute chat on Instagram live with a friend where we can just sit and shoot the breeze and talk about the industry and what's happening in life. So if I am true to my word, that interview will have gone out on Wednesday, just gone, um, to Podbean. So if you're audio, you will already have that stacked in your playlist. And um, if you want to see the video of it, it's already on the Instagram grid. You can just go straight there and you can see the whole thing. I'm not going to put it up on YouTube because Instagram records in portrait and youtube is like super wide landscape and i just i don't think that's a, a great fit basically so if you want to see the video go to my instagram grid um the next interview is going to be on the 13th of may most likely at 8 p.m and i say interview it's not interview it is a chat it's a very chilled out chat with a cup of tea or a glass of wine so the next one is on friday the 13th and that is going to be with Sonia and Helena from John Arbin Textiles. Some of you may be aware that John and Juliet of John Arbin Textiles announced their retirement um, just before we all went to Wonderful Wales. They, after 21 years, are hanging up their, their mill dungarees and they are passing the baton on to the next generation, which is Sonia and Helena and they are going to be managing and running the mill and 
um, I just want to talk to them about them. Like, these are two, like, young people that are taking on a massive wool mill and I find that really exciting and I want to sit and have a chat with them about how they're feeling about it, like what their plans are for the mill and just to get their perspective on it. So that next chat is going to be 13th of May at 8pm and again, so long as the audio quality is good enough, it will go out on Podbean as well and it will be present on the grid straight away after the, the chat has finished. So if you can't get to the chat live, don't worry about it, it will be available um, in other sources for you to listen to. But I think that's going to be a really interesting one. And then um, I've already got my next guest lined up for the one after that, which is going to be a lovely crafter called Hayley. She's just um, a little bit busy doing some exams just now, but as soon as she's available, she's going to be my um my June guest hopefully but we need to bottom the timeline out for that but yeah it'd be lovely to have um Hayley on board as well because she lives in quite a remote part of Canada and it's just such an interesting quick seasoned life that she has to live um where she is and she's a mega crafter so it's going to be lovely to speak to her and see how she works through the seasons living in that part of Canada um, and the final thing I need to tell you about is that global hookups for me are going to be on the 14th and 15th of May, UK time, British summer time, and that is 8pm on the 14th and 9am on the 15th. Normally they would be a week later, but somebody is off gallivanting at a river and it's open day, so... And actually I'm going to a gig that night as well, so that's why it's a week earlier. So I will see you on those dates instead and I think that's it for me every time I record I'm like oh I don't have anything to say and then I start talking and I can't stop because actually I always have something to say um yeah you can't shut me up right I'm waving thank you very much for being with me I shall see you soon I've got hairs under my arm. Not hairs. Oh. It's like having extra arm hair when you wear a lot of wool. It's always under your arms where it gets kind of felted and bobbled. And it mats with my hair. It's really quite grim. Right. 